Well, the students at Hogwarts are sorted into houses according to Whatever that shifty sorting hat says they ought to do I asked Dumbledore if I could be sorted, he said so Shelby But I could get reported to the Ministry of Magic for incorrect procedure You're not a wizard, you're a Power Ranger! But not the Power Rangers from last time, different one Hello, and welcome to Sorted. I'm Alex. I'm JD. And this is not a Harry Potter podcast, but instead a podcast about everything else viewed through the lens of Harry Potter. Harry Potter is inherently flawed and sorting even more so, but it's still fun to view characters in this way. We have a guest. <laughs> it, hi, I'm back. Guest, who are you? I'm Tanner. I'm back from outer space. <laughs> Tanner's here. Yeah, Tanner, our first repeat guest. Welcome back. Thank you. I'm so, so glad to be here. We don't need to ask what Hogwarts house you're in this time, because you already did that. Unless you want to tell us, which is fine. Eh. Uh, I left. <laughs> what? You left I Hogwarts? I left Hogwarts. I don't oh, have um... a house anymore. <laughs> that's, that's valid. Yeah, and now you're an adult and you don't care about silly, petty, childish things like <laughs> that? Yeah. You, yeah, exactly. You, no childish got... things for me. <laughs> well, you get Speaking over... Of... <laughs> Tanner's here to talk about Power Rangers. Yeah, and... yeah. So last time Tanner was on, who am I to stop them? <laughs> last time Tanner was on, like I didn't know anything about what was going on, despite expecting that we'd be sorting Power Rangers. This time Tanner is here to sort about Power Rangers. So we're going to sort Power Rangers. Although apparently I'm sorting different Rangers than you expected, so I still threw you for a loop. <laughs> Wait, what? We're not doing Mystic Force? No, we're doing Dino Charge. So you, so you picked the Power Rangers that I that I don't know. You don't know Dino Charge? Everybody knows Dino Charge. I'm done! I'm out! (laughs) (laughs) I would walk away, but I've got headphones in. Yeah. It's inconvenient. I'm I'm doing y'all a favor by reviewing Dino Charge, because the new season coming out soon is Dino Fury, and so everyone's going to be looking at the Dino Rangers again. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta Uh, get that good SEO. They do love throwing Dino in front of a vague, cool-sounding thing. Dino Thunder, Dino Charge, Dino Fury. Welcome to Dino Sorted. <laughs> Good, yes. <laughs> uh... This is not a Dino podcast, but instead of... <laughs> <laughs> uh, we need to sort dinosaurs, just the vague theoretical creatures. So I don't... like. I haven't watched Dino Charge in full, but I did watch the first several episodes. There was a point where, like... Netflix had, like, the first eight episodes, I think, and I watched that batch, but never really got into it. I've never really gotten much into the Neo-Saban stuff in general. The fun fact about the setting of Dino Charge is that, um, depending on how things could have gone, it was entirely possible that dinosaurs would have been the Power Rangers. Wait, is in the producers of the show considered making the Rangers... No, as as in, in the setting of the show, so the, 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 the Power Rangers Dino Charge, it begins 65 million years ago. Yeah. Where an alien named Keeper shows up to Earth with the Energems, which are like the MacGuffins of the season. And he's like, he he finds a bunch of dinosaurs, and he's like, you gather the bravest among you, I'm going to give you each an Energem. Now specifically, to be clear, he gathers a bunch of dinosaurs that definitely didn't live at the same time, but he does get ten different species of dinosaur in the same place. Yeah, they're the bravest dinosaurs. And so he gives each dinosaur an Energem, uh, and then he accidentally causes the dinosaur extinction. But theoretically... <laughs> If Keeper hadn't caused the extinction of the dinosaurs, then the dinosaurs would have just been the Power Rangers. Instead of passing their power on to the humanity. 
But also, that to sounds be, better to me. To be fair, though, if Keeper hadn't caused the extinction of the dinosaurs, we wouldn't have the Dino Thunder Rangers because the Dino Gems came to Earth on the meteor that killed the dinosaurs. Ah. Not necessarily, because Dino Charge takes place in an alternate universe. It does take place in an alternate universe, which is fascinating to me. But do you do you know why it takes place in an alternate universe? Well, because of the finale. Okay, which, yeah, I, we're not going to talk about the finale. I know this is a podcast that has lots of spoilers, but we cannot talk about the Dino Charge finale because it is so bonkers yonkers that you need to experience it for yourself. Well, <laughs> I, Alex definitely isn't going to watch this, so if we're not going to say it for the podcast, we need to say it in general for Alex... And then we can just get Alex's reaction. Okay. I'm about to tell Alex the finale of Dino Charge. Uh (laughs) (laughs) That's incredible. It's something. And so they didn't want to set the next series of Power Rangers in that world. That's valid. To be fair, when they did the series that was set post-apocalypse, you know, it was just a Terminator future, they also didn't want to set the next series in that world. Sure. Yeah. And then in, in Ninja Steel, when some people from Dino Charge and RPM showed up, they're like, yeah, we exist in alternate dimensions because there's Power Rangers all across the multiverse. So let's not worry about it right now. Yeah, they really just like, they really just hand wave that. They're like, yeah, we're from different dimensions. Don't worry about it, though. Like, it's, it's fine. Focus elsewhere. Yeah. Like, why would I worry about it? Previously, whenever they'd done like time travel ones because of t- Power Rangers in the future, they put in a lot of work to explain it. This time it's like, nah, there's too much to explain and too much else we want to do. We need to see Tommy fight himself. <laughs> <laughs> because we've never seen that on Power Rangers before. But we're not talking about Ninja Steel. Or Mighty Morphin or Dino Thunder. Yeah. <laughs> we're talking about Dino Charge. Dino Charge. The other Dino. Yeah. Right, Tana, kick us off. So first up is Tyler Navarro. The Red Ranger. Yep. Let me give my understanding of Tyler, and then you can fill in the many, many gaps from that. Okay. So Tyler, the Red Ranger, is introduced. He's on a quest to find his missing father, because his father disappeared when he was a child. A classic. Yep. Then he, you know, he meets Shelby and becomes a Red Power Ranger and says, you know what? I'll work at this museum cafe. <laughs> and then, spoilers, later down the line, they find his father, but his father's still, like, 20. And that's about it, right? That's that's all you need to know? I mean, the other major thing about Tyler is that, like, so the reason he stays as a Power Ranger working at the cafe is because when they fight one of the monsters that's fighting the Power Rangers, he realizes that it looks like a monster that he uh, his dad drew in his journal. Yes. So it's like, okay... Uh, I, I'm going to stick around here because I know something's... These, these are connected somehow. And I was about to be like, but why weren't they destroyed in Countdown to Destruction? It's like, oh, right, because different universe. Again, this is like a classic setup. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but how often is the classic setup resolved by the dad showing up being magically still 20? I don't know. That part's less classic. Well, yeah. I know this, though, because the Energems, when they bond to people, they slow the aging process. Is that right? Yeah, like, once you bond with an Energem, you become immortal. And we'll, we'll dig into that a bit more later. It's relevant for several characters. Yep. Ah! Um, but Tyler is the Red Ranger, as you said. He has the power of the Tyrannosaurus Rex, or as he likes because to call it, Rexy. Because of course he does. The, the, the uh-huh. Dinozords are kind of sort of alive, and Rexy gets a little bit of, not characterization, but Tyler does kind of treat him as a pet. He's like, yeah, let's go, Rexy. We're best friends. And then <laughs> later on, Rexy gets a power-up that lets him shrink down to, like, dog-sized, basically. 
And so he can just bounce around, and then Tyler uses uh, Tiny Rexy as his um, battleizer, and he turns, like, he fuses right, with Rexy to become supercharged mode. I can't remember what it's called. I know in the Sentai it was called Carnival mode. Yeah. <laughs> that was when they did Dino Supercharge, not to be confused with every other super. Uh-huh. Yeah. But Tyler is a Gryffindor, because, God, I don't think there's any Red Rangers that aren't Gryffindors. Yes. Yeah, I was gonna say, Red Ranger, I feel like, automatically means Gryffindor. Yeah, I mean, this is uh, this is what Alex did last time we did Power Rangers, was make sure that, as much as possible, Power Rangers <laughs> just fit the colour of their house into their colour. Yeah. Look, I, I don't know much about Power Rangers, but I know colours. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, yeah, I think there's only one or two Red Rangers in the whole of Power Rangers that you might be able to argue they're Hufflepuffs, but it's pretty Gryffindor through. I think you could probably argue one or two. I mean, this is a little off topic. I think you could probably argue one or two in Ravenclaw, like the more tactical-minded ones, like maybe Carter. Mm. You could argue it at least. It is. Uh, see, you're, that argument hinges on a Red Ranger having a brain cell, and that's a rarity in itself. I know! That's why I said uh, it's a rarity, but Carter has at least one brain cell. Yeah, okay, I guess that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> Alex doesn't know who that is. <laughs> she probably never no, will. I've- I have no idea what's going on. In the in the team uh, in the team up of ten Red Rangers, when everyone else is showing off their karate moves, he just pulls out his laser and shoots the bad guys. Nice. It's like, yeah, well, obviously, why wouldn't you? Like, why would you physically fight if you can just laser them? It sounds like <laughs> the Red Ranger for me. <laughs> He's a fire fireman. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wait, as in like a fireman who puts out fires or like a guy yes. who wields fire? A fireman who puts JD, out fires. JD, it's, okay. it's Power Rangers. You do have to specify. Yeah, like I don't, I don't know, man. He, does he get, well, his morphing, doesn't his morphing involve fire at one point? Or no. like his battleizer? No, no, the fire themed battleizer went to the Time Force guy who defeated a real dragon. Right. Alex looks so confused. <laughs> okay, let's get back to dinosaurs. Yeah. <laughs> Typically with a Red Ranger, though, apart, there, there's a few along the way that, like, there's more to say, but he's kind of just the classic de facto, like, leader type with, he's just got the one little aspect of a mysterious past that he's going on an adventure to solve, right? Yeah. Like, his 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 most Gryffindor moment comes in the mid-series finale when he's on a ship that's self-destructing and he misses the chance to get on the last escape pod, so he just jumps out and dives through the atmosphere <laughs> in the hopes that someone will catch him. Yep. Yeah, that sounds right. Does someone catch him or does he just die? Pretty sure he would <laughs> die, right? He does get caught, but he fully expected to die. Like, he was like, this is the point where, like, they hadn't found any more evidence of his dad. So, like, just before he jumps out, he goes, well, see you soon, dad. Alio! <laughs> okay. What if they just killed him? Ima- what if he just died? Imagine <laughs> if, though, Paran just had just killed him, if they'd been that ballsy. Oh, and then in the in the... Like, in the next episode, his dad shows up and takes over as Red Ranger. Yeah. That would be an interesting concept, but I would hate that if they used the same dad from the series. Oh, no, they just used the same actor. (laughs) (laughs) Just be like, hey, guys, it's me, Tyler's dad. Where's Tyler? Oh, he died? Guess I'll take over and act like nothing's changed. It's me, Tyler Sr. (laughs) Yeah, I'm also called Tyler. If anyone skips this episode, they'll be so confused. And they'll just be like, oh yeah, that's just regular Tyler. Yeah. Well, that's why that's why they keep that name, so that you don't have to keep the continuity for it to make sense. You can just assume that it's regular Tyler. What is this, miraculous? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, time is canon in Power Rangers. God, yeah, fuck. it really is. 
Like it. <laughs> like the flow of time is actually like, like so important. Even back, even back in the nineties, when ninety-seven percent of episodes were filler, there was still continuity, and the order of episodes mattered. That's nice. <laughs> I like when shows do that. <laughs> Okay, let's talk about Shelby. Shelby is the pink ranger. She has the power of the Triceratops and therefore drills. Yeah, although that was that was a neat twist because Triceratops had always been blue before then. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. that's not and typically a, a female ranger. Yeah, she's the team girl and she doesn't have a pterodactyl. Yeah. Yeah. So... D- Dino Charge did do a lot of shuffling around with some... I mean, okay, Red Ranger is always T-Rex, even in the new Dino Sentai. Even in the latest Sentai, which is even dinosaur-themed, there is a Red T-Rex Ranger. Even in RPM, the Red Ranger gets the T-Rex, and exactly. that's the car-themed series. <laughs> but yeah, Shelby has the Triceratops. She also, for a little bit, she has the Ankylosaur, because they have a bunch of Rangers, and so a bunch of Zords to go with them. Um, and that's yeah. interesting, we- because then in uh, the following Sentai, the Pink Ranger is just straight-up Ankylosaur-themed. So Shelby, so she's also notable because she was the first black Pink Ranger. All the other Pink yeah. Rangers before her had been either white or Asian. Yep. And she also works at the cafe before she becomes a Power Ranger. And so it's it's a cafe inside a museum. And the museum curator is also the manager for the cafe and also the mentor for the Power Rangers. And she's like, Miss Morgan, I really want to like join you on a dinosaur dig. And Miss Morgan's like, you can't because you're not a paleontologist. And she's like, but I know everything from books. And then she goes and she <laughs> finds the Energem and Kendall's like, well, I guess you're a Power Ranger now. And then eventually, like, like over the course of the series, they gain respect for each other. Their relationship at the start of the show is fascinating though having kendall kind of look down on shelby is such an interesting way to take it and so much more depth to the characters than just i'm your mentor i like you all and everything is fine and good like it kind of sucks it's like oh the two girls don't get along she already kind of looks down on shelby because of just her being a worker and then There's, they never dig into it on the show, but there's a long-running fan theory that Kendall is jealous of Shelby getting an Energem and her, her Kendall herself not getting an Energem. And so it's like, oh, like, even when they show up, Kendall's like, I don't know why you got the pink Energem. I don't know why I chose you. And we're like, oh, because you wish that you got chosen. But they respect each other by the end, and it's good. Yeah, but just like, yeah, the one female ranger, the female mentor's like, I don't like you. I like all the boys, but not mm. you. Which is not the best. But she gets better. They all get better. Yeah, There's character yeah. growth in the show and everything. <laughs> yeah. Yay. Um, so Shelby is a Ravenclaw. Fun and terrible fact about Dino Charge, though, Alex. This was the first series to not have a Yellow Ranger. Because the showrunner didn't like Yellow. <laughs> is that the real reason? The, the actual reason was the showrunner cut the Yellow Ranger because Yellow was too feminine a color. What? Okay, unlike what? Pink. What? Unlike Pink. Also, what's wrong with feminine? Oh, the the <laughs> producer was just a raging sexist. Yeah, but kept in pink, which is a color that's been cut before anyway. Yeah, it's, I don't know, it's weird. Although it is funny because you, you hear that and then you look at like the next five or six Sentai, almost all of them had male yellow rangers. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing, right? Because like many yellow, yellow rangers in Power Rangers were female, but had been male in the Sentai because Power Rangers was like, we need more female characters. Yeah. I feel like yellow is a, like, gender-neutral color. I mean, I guess it's just a Japanese cultural I guess thing, it could maybe. be. It's, it's pretty gender-neutral now because, like, after Power Rangers started... Actually, I don't think it was Power Rangers that started it, but the, it, it was more common to see male yellows before Power Rangers seasons and then female yellows after Power Rangers seasons. 
a spe- like the yellow from Wild Force was the last male yellow until like um I want to say Ninja that became Ninja Steel. I was going to say like <laughs> you threw me off from it by saying the last in Wild Force. Like, the last Wild Force had a female yellow range Gal Ranger. Yeah, Gal Ranger had last male yellow for a long time. So now yeah. yellow is a pretty gender neutral color. Um, and now other yeah. colors are starting to mix it up too because now the Sentai has had more uh, girl Green Rangers. And actually, yeah. Dino Fury, which is an adaptation of Ryu Soldier. Ryu Soldier has the same color set as uh, Kyuryuger and Dino Charge. They have red, green, pink, blue, black, and then sixth is gold. And it was the same gender in the Sentai as well, where they're all boys except pink was a girl. But in Dino Fury, they flipped green, which is the first gender flip of a Sentai Ranger since Wild Force, and the first mm. female Green Ranger in Power Rangers. Neat. Yeah. Like, Power Rangers has tried to be a little bit better than that about than Sentai along the way. Like, for all of his faults, Bruce Kalish, who's like a producer of the show for a while, who is kind of infamous in the show, you either love him or you hate him, really. Mm. But in one of the series, he did introduce an alternate team of rangers. The Red Ranger on that team was female, and the first ever female Red Ranger in Power Rangers. Whoa. Before Sentai had gone anywhere near that. Yeah. And I, the reason they did that was because originally Bruce Kalish was trying to get a red girl for the main team, for the B-Squad that we would be following, and Disney yeah. put a kibosh on that, so that was, like, their um, consolation prize. Mm. And, like... Damn yeah. you, Disney. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> for, for all of Bruce Kalish's faults, he did do some really cool things like that. Mm-hmm. But he didn't do this. And Kalish isn't even the worst producer. Yeah, sure. I would want to be a Green Ranger, because green's my favorite color. Yeah. Nice. This is all I know about Power Rangers. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, did I mention Shelby's a Ravenclaw? We mentioned that she works in the cafe and she Mm -hmm. wants to be a paleontologist. She knows everything about dinosaurs. She loves dinosaurs and But she's self-taught, yeah. Yes. Yeah, which is very Ravenclaw. It's incredibly Ravenclaw. Her and Kendall are both responsible for helping design the gear as well. Kendall more so, but Shelby, like, she's made uh, some of the power-ups. She made a device that helped them track down the Ankylozord. Uh, she, in near the end of the series, she built her own Zord. Whoa. I didn't want to know that one. That's cool. How does that work, though? Because I thought the do- Zords were all, like, dinosaurs bonded with animal gems. Or... So what, what they did was they found a geode, and then they put dinosaur DNA in it, and then they <laughs> shot it with a laser. And then it turned into the Spinozord. Science! Injects DNA, shoot with laser. That's called science, bitch. Where did they did the di- did the DNA come from? Like a mosquito a and amber? fossilized mosquito? Like yeah, yeah. They ex- all so they, yes! they all their dino chargers. So so the dino ch- uh, chargers are these little like batteries that they use to charge up their weapons. Yeah. And like the primary ones are the ones that power the zords, but they're also like auxiliary auxiliary ones that give them like other boosts. So there's one that gives them like some battle armor that's themed after a dinosuchus. There's some that they can pop in when they're in the megazord, and it lets like the shoulder breathe fire, or it shoots a fart out of its shoulder butt. <laughs> So they just extract DNA and then make dino chargers out of that. And then Shelby was like, I'm going to use the power of my Energem and turn this into a whole Zord. And it worked. That's uh, incredible. That just makes me think about... I know we keep getting sidetracked, but that just makes me think about the morphing. So like the morphers... The morphers in this one are just straight up the guns, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, their morphers are guns. The morphers are just their main weapon. Okay. And so like they put these the, the dino charge charger thingy into the gun and then fire it. Dino charger, engage! And then they click the mouth shut and then they spin it. But 
in the Sentai, it's so much more ridiculous because, like, every time they morph, they do this dance. <laughs> and there's, there's, like, really happy, like, carnival music, which I think is, I guess, is why their, like, their power-up is carnival or whatever. Yeah. And they just... Yeah. It's insane. And, like, no matter who's doing it as well, and there's the support where, like, you know, you've got, like, a monstrous alien creature who looks like a giant Birdman griffin thing who yeah. who does it and does the full dance with it and everything. Yes. Yep. <laughs> it's ridiculous. They, they also have a ridiculous voice in the Sentai too because they plug it in and it's like, uh, how does it go? Chompa, chompa, kabotia! Yeah. Of course, that one is a bit more high-fished. It's a, <laughs> yeah. But it's... Uh, say you folks keep like describing this nonsense show and i'm into it i kind of want to watch this i kind of think maybe you might not care for powering just so much but you might be really into sentai maybe that might yeah. be it you would you'd probably there's probably a few sentai that you would like because they explicitly go more like goofy and fantastical and yeah. uh, like the more recent one kira major has been described as what if sentai was a magical girl show <gasps> Because its theme is like gemstones and imagination and sparkling. Ah, I haven't heard about that one. That sounds delightful. <laughs> Tana, tell us a bit about, about Riley. Riley's gay. <laughs> nice. Well, yeah. No, yes. Yes, he is. Listen. Okay. okay. I'm, not, I'm not saying you're wrong, but does he have, I don't know, like a personality maybe? <laughs> or a story? Yes, he does. <laughs> no, he's just gay. That's all that matters. Listen, okay. Let, let me talk about Riley. Yeah. So Riley... First off, Riley is the Green Ranger. He has the power of Velociraptor. He's a swords boy. Yeah. Sword Willie. Okay, sword this sounds like the best green. The Velociraptors? Swords? He's introduced Gay? He's introduced working on a farm, but he's just like, but what about swords, though? I'm into this. <laughs> I want to fight with swords. And then and then one of the villains shows up and he's like, yeah, there's another gem on this farm. <laughs> And then Riley's like, I have the inner gem, and you're you fought, you're trying to attack my dog, so I'm gonna use the power to turn my sword into a dinosaur. Yeah. So Whoa. like every other, ra- I think is it every other ranger when they find their morpher, it takes on the gun form, but his takes on the sword form. Yes. Yeah. Sword boy. Ah. <laughs> uh, so he is gay, but obviously that's not like confirmed in show or anything because think of the children won't somebody please think no, of the let me, children let, let, let me get there i need to oh, I, I have history I'm with sorry. riley because riley used to for a while riley was my favorite ranger and then the second half of the series i actually started to really dislike riley and it was because he kept getting spotlight episodes but he was kind of like a jerk in them oh fun um now now in in hindsight i have uh, lightened up on him again because part of it is just realizing, oh, the the producers were just kind of pushing him forward because they liked him, I guess. And it's not it's not his fault that the producers <laughs> made him like that. Yeah. But also it makes a lot of sense because Riley's personality is very much like he was a kid stuck in a small town who had bigger dreams. And so he was a smart kid, but he was also trying to be the smartest kid to prove himself. But he also tried to be the most athletic kid to also prove himself to other people who made fun of him for not being athletic initially. And so every time, like, something happens involving either being smart or being athletic, he jumps on and tries to be the best or, like, makes it about him because he has a complex about that. And uh, he reminds me of myself when I was younger, in (laughs) hindsight. Um, And the reason I say he's gay is, first off, it's because he has a lot of chemistry with the Black Ranger, Chase. Like, uh, a whole lot of it. And 
even people who don't buy into shipping were like, holy shit, is there something going on here? Because well, <laughs> uh, he, he talks to Chase about how people made a lot of assumptions back home, and so he like tried to change himself to fit in with that, and he's always trying to be the best. And then they get in each other's personal space a lot, and <laughs> Riley's like, I hope you get to visit your family at, all for Christmas, Chase. And Chase's like, oh, thanks, Riley. Um, Chase is from New Zealand. We'll get there. We'll get, we'll this, uh, the we'll other get reason to, Riley we'll is gay... Chase. Well, the other reason Riley is gay is because on Twitter, the actor, Michael Tabor, said, I played Riley as gay. I was going to say, like, oh, is this nice. not another case where, like, the two actors are kind of into it? I do, so I don't know about Chase's actor. Okay. Uh, James, what's his name? James Davies. James Davies hasn't said anything about Chase, although James Davies has acknowledged that a lot of bisexual people like him. And he's like, good on ya. Yeah. <laughs> like, it kind of strikes me as, like, you know, like, what, Seamus and Dean and Harry Potter. Like, the actors sure. are kind of into the idea of the yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. I think the main reason James hasn't said anything about it is because he's just not that active on social media. Sure. That's fair. Okay, he hasn't shut it down. Yeah. That's, <laughs> Again. that's what's important. <laughs> um, that's as good as confirming it. Yeah. So this this character sounds like a Slytherin, yeah? Oh yeah, he's definitely a Slytherin. Yeah, you get to put the Green Ranger in Slytherin. Yes! Like, he, he is smart. He's kind of given the smart guy position, but honestly, like, when you look at the show dynamic, the smart guy is simultaneously filled by Shelby and Kendall and Riley, and Riley is much more about proving himself and being the best thing is about yeah. just saying, ah, oh, I'm gonna invent a thing. He yeah. sounds very ambitious. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's de- it's it, Yeah, he's definitely not the Billy of the team. <laughs> okay, let's talk about Chase. Chase, yeah! so Chase, most importantly, is the um, token New Zealander on the team. Okay. Is he, so is James Davies another one where he just couldn't put on an American accent? Or... No, I'm pretty sure he was specifically written to be from New Zealand. Although it is funny because when he was cast, he had been working mainly in the UK for a while. So when all the uh, cast members came to New Zealand to start filming, the American ones were like, Oh, James, show us some uh, great sites there or great restaurants that we can go to because you're from New Zealand. And uh, James was like, oh, I haven't been here for five years. There's a Denny's down the street. <laughs> Listeners, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry for what Tana just subjected us all to. <laughs> so Chase is the block ranger. You can stop uh, he has now. The power of the 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 parasol, the parasaurophilus. Ah! Um, he's a, he's a sharpshooter. Pretty good. It's a pretty good accent. <laughs> he's the power of guns. The other ones have. Oh, that was that was like. Yeah, it slipped Spanish. a little bit. <laughs> Up until then, you were doing all right. He's. Even more so than the other rangers, he's the gun ranger. I have a question. Okay. Which Hogwarts house is the gun house? <laughs> um, it might be Gryffindor. Well, here's the thing. I kind of want to say Gryffindor, but if it were, why didn't Harry shoot Voldemort? That's that's it. Because he doesn't have a brain cell. Right, but... I think Ravenclaw might be the gun house. Maybe. Hermione also okay, but didn't Chase, think to get a gun. Here's true. the other important thing about Chase, that he is a himbo. Okay, okay. Maybe Hufflepuff's the gun house. <laughs> he might be in Hufflepuff. Not Slytherin. Yeah, that makes sense, actually. I No, Slytherin's too, like, magic only, kind of. Like, I suppose. Slytherin wouldn't, like, lower themselves to guns. I guess. Hufflepuff don't give a shit. You, you know why Chase is in Hufflepuff? Is because he secretly wants to be a good chef. <gasps> I mean, not secretly. It's just, like, not giving a lot of focus. But he does have an episode that's like, I'm trying to figure out how to perfect this recipe. And in the middle of a monster fight, he, like, saves the food critic that savaged him. And he was like, how do I fix my recipe? And she was like, well, you did it wrong before, so do it right this time. He's like, oh, that's brilliant! <laughs> okay, okay, hold on. Let me recap. Uh, Black Ranger. Yes. Food-related. Big dummy. Yes. 
Yeah, yes. fine, you can put the Black Ranger in the closest thing to a Hogwarts house that matches that colour. Hufflepuff! <laughs> Tanner, you keep letting Alex do this. <laughs> uh, don't worry, the Blue Ranger is not a Ravenclaw. No, no. Let's talk about Yoshi Sadaso. Yes! <laughs> AKA Let's talk about Coda. AKA Coda, but... Yoshi Sadaso, you know about Yoshi Sadaso because I've shown you clips of Yoshi Sadaso because he's one of the pair of brothers. Oh! <laughs> Which one? The... The, the, the older one. So okay. He, he's the one who, at Palomorphicon, the, fa- the initially fan-made Power Rangers convention, got to announce who his replacement would be in the next series. And, and it got, was a surprise that it was his and brother. And got to read in the envelope that his brother would be taking over as the Blue Ranger because he and his brother are giant fucking nerds and love Power Rangers so much and they've gone on to be on the tabletop RPG yeah. Twitch stream of Power Rangers and they've done like a bunch of videos for like for Power Rangers toys to go on YouTube. Cute. Yeah, you have shown me that video and like I don't... I, like, I don't know much of the context of this, but they're so excited and it's so cute and precious and wonderful. And to the point that I kind of feel bad for the other actors who have to stand there being like, well, we're here too, because no one's interested. We're here for the Sadaso brothers and their hug and their pure joy. Yeah. I mean, I th- that's that's why they had uh, Peter announced last after everyone else. Yeah, 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 to let everyone else have their moment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was like the back the backstory of that is like so. Uh, Peter auditioned for the Blue Ranger and was told that he didn't get it, and so then he told his brother that he didn't get it, and then he got a call from uh, Judd Chip Lynn, the uh, showrunner, and he was like, "Did you tell Yoshi that you didn't get it?" Yeah. Okay, that was a lie. You did get it, <laughs> but you have to surprise Yoshi. <laughs> Okay, it's what I thought you were going to say, just like they changed their minds to offering it to him or their other actor pulled out. Not that like they're going to say, yeah, that was a lie. Holy. They tricked him yeah. on purpose. It was a scheme. Oh yeah, my but, God. And so, Damn. so the, for the longest time, the only people who knew were the, the, the showrunners and Yoshi and, or the showrunners and Peter and Peter's wife. And then they told Yoshi's wife, like the morning <laughs> of the announcement. <laughs> wow, <laughs> that's incredible. Uh, that's 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 wonderful. Uh, yeah, I mean, just that moment at Power Morphicon is just that. That's Power Rangers, though. Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, I don't know anything about this character though. So Coda, Coda. Uh, played by Yoshi Sodarso, is a ten thousand year old caveman. <laughs> uh. <laughs> yep. His brother was going to be eaten by a saber-toothed tiger, and then he jumped in front and tackled the tiger off a cliff, and then Koda, like, found... Oh, no, right before this, he yeah. found the blue energy. He, su- he got super strength from the energy immediately before. Because bear in mind, the energy have been there since for 65 million years. Okay. The super strength is from being a caveman. Uh, uh, <laughs> really? Yes. Really? Because whenever he uses super strength, he shouts caveman strength. Sure. <laughs> But I thought that was... I thought it was still supposed to be from the Energem. You get a little bit of super strength from the Energem, but most of Coda's super strength is being a caveman. So he finds the Energem, and then he tackles the saber tooth Tiger off a cliff, and then it bonds with him, and then he gets frozen in ice like Captain America, yeah. and then is uh, defrosted by Chase and Kendall. Because here's the thing. So we've mentioned that the Energems make you essentially immortal and so you don't age, but they yeah. still made him get frozen in ice anyway? They didn't want him to be millions of years old no they really didn't because they wanted him to they want him to talk like caveman yeah yeah it's me am a ranger 
Me they, and Blue. Here's the thing about, like, bringing a character from the past. You either have, like, they were frozen, so, like, they have the knowledge that they had when they were, you know, put in that state. Or you have a vampire that's been around for hundreds and thousands of years who knows everything. And, like, those are your two, those are your two options. Yeah. We've only ever had one vampire ranger, but that was temporary. <laughs> wow. Is that really the only time they've done that? Oh, wait, no. No, someone became a vampire in space, I think. But that was because of, like, a, a bug. Like, that just seems like such a tropey thing. You'd think they'd do it more. Yeah, I love a vampire. We had an actual vampire. So I'm not sure if Coda is Gryffindor or Hufflepuff. Yeah, that's valid. So, like, Coda would absolutely charge in without thinking about it because he big dumb him imbo. Yeah. But also, he's soft and sweet and caring. Mm-hmm. You can... Do we need to make a house hot take that all himbos are Hufflepuff? <laughs> no, because himbos often have a big Gryffindor energy. Yeah, like... It's one of those two. Himbos are definitely one of those Himbos two. Himbos are a Gryffindor Hufflepuff hat stall is the house hot take. Yeah, and it sort of depends on their their actions, I guess. Like, you're... Okay, you're... I haven't watched the show. I don't know that much about the character, but you've described that he, like basically sacrificed himself to save his brother. Mm-hmm. Um, and that sort of bold, daring move sounds more Gryffindor, whereas like I think a mm. Hufflepuff would be protective rather than self-sacrificing. I, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. He also gets a moment that's typically reserved for Red Rangers, where he rips his shirt off. Mm. <laughs> I mean, many people take their shirt off in this season. Fair enough. I would put Coda in Hufflepuff then because later in the series he has a lot more of protective moments. Okay, sure, yeah, yeah, that's something because like, like I he protects her. a kid from a monster and he teaches other people like how to feel and like there's a whole episode about how he you can't there's a monster that can slice through people's friendship but it can't when it tries to slice through Coda's friendship with other people the swords break because oh. Coda doesn't see other people as friends he sees them as family. <laughs> Okay, yeah, that's that's that's, that's Hufflepuff so as dumb. fuck. That's so dumb. I love it. No, it's so good. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a, that's it was a Hufflepuff. Also, uh, that's power. It was also really good because in the episode when the villains figured that out, they're like, okay, so we're gonna go and we're just gonna snip everyone's connection with Coda instead of Coda's connection with other people. And so then the monster tries to sneak up and snip because everyone gets snipped except for Coda and Riley. And so the monster tries to snip Riley's friendship with Coda, but then the scissors break again, and he's like, what? What happened? How could this be? And they turn around, and it's Riley and Coda have dressed as each other. So Coda's <laughs> in, like, this preppy green turtleneck, and Riley's in, like, the caveman rags and a long black wig. They look nothing God. like each other! Well, it was from behind. <laughs> Absolutely incredible. Absolutely incredible. Phenomenal. <laughs> okay. Cool. I like Hufflepuff. Yeah, that sounds Hufflepuff. Sure. Flufflepuff. Anyways, uh, JD. JD, you're legally required to introduce the next character. Well, up next is Sir Ivan of Xander, who's definitely not English. Oh. <laughs> no, we can't have an English Power Ranger. That would make me happy. <laughs> we All we can do is Xander's say on screen like, that Rose came from London, but is not English. You, you, we can just say that Xandar is right next to Genovia. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Does he have an accent? Oh, yes. It's not, yeah. But it's, it's not. It's not. It's clearly not actually an English voice, but he's trying to do an English accent at least. Oh. 
I don't remember this because I haven't watched much of that point. How good is it, Tano? Um, so here's the thing. Uh, Sir Ivan of Xandar is played by an American, but the character is an 800-year-old knight from the Middle Ages. Okay. So, like, it's that kind of bombastic English accent. Yeah. Right, okay. Which, like... <laughs> Why hasn't that changed over time? Be- oh, so... Ivan, so here's the thing, so Ivan is an 800-year-old knight, 800 or 900 years, I can never remember which, um, and he's from the country of Xandar, um, and he was protecting the prince of Xandar once, and then he found the gold energem in a river, and then one of the villains showed up, because one of the villains was left behind on Earth for 65 million years, and so he kept on trying and failing to get energems. For 65 million years. Wait, trying and failing to get energems, such as the one that was just in a river... Just chilling. Yes, exactly. For 65 million years. Oh my god. <laughs> so Fury shows up and he's like, give me the Energem. And Saravan's like, I shall not, you fearsome beast. And then he bonds with the Energem. And then Fury's like, fine, I will literally eat you then. <laughs> and so, yeah, he absorbs Ivan into his body. And he's Ivan stays there for eight to nine hundred years until he's freed by the Power Rangers in the modern day. Because again, we can't have the Rangers actually age... Even though they're immortal. Oh, they're... Ah. <laughs> ah. And here's the other thing about, like, then giving him the ridiculous English accent, right? Mm-hmm. It's the fact that at that time, English accents probably would have been a lot closer to American accents. It's not an English accent, it's a Zandarian accent. Oh, of course. Yeah. I'm terribly sorry. I guess England just took on the... Wait, hang on. This is an alternate universe. Maybe in this world, Zandar is just the name for England. Oh, maybe. <laughs> Why not? Do they do they ever actually mention England in the show, Tanner? I don't think no, so. No, so in this in this alternate universe, Xandar is just the name for England. Okay. That's canon now. House hot take. House hot take. <laughs> Xandar is England. <laughs> anyway. The, re- the reason they say he's from Xandar is because uh, they couldn't change the stock footage of one of his finishing moves where the words Xandar Thunder show up on screen. <laughs> Okay, sure, sure. I was wondering because like, also he's Zan- the pterodactyl ranger. Yes, yeah. yeah. But Zandar does show up. Is mentioned a couple times throughout the show. Um. Like, well, there's, there's, he's not the only only prominent character from Zandar. I see. That is fast. Yeah, it is fascinating though. Like, they're like we can't have a yellow ranger, but gold is fine. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. That- so Ivan is a Gryffindor. Yeah, I was going to say Ivan is a Gryffindor. You keep getting in there before I can do it. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. Ivan is clearly a Gryffindor. He's, I will protect you. I am a knight. Rah, 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 rah. Chivalry. Yep, literally. Fighting. Yeah. English. Honor. Other <laughs> cliche Gryffindor words. Chivalry. I already said chivalry. Fancy coats. More chivalry. More chivalry. All a sword. the chivalry. A sword. <laughs> Pterodactyls! <laughs> Pterodactyls, the most English and Gryffindor dinosaur. Even though they're not dinosaurs. And you know what else is funny is that in the Sentai, he was a samurai, also <laughs> hundreds of years old. Um, but his when he made his Zord, it was called Kuriuro Western, and it had a cowboy motif. What? Wait, he's... Ho, wait, ho, wait, what? Ha, what? Sorry, what? <laughs> he's got... His Zord has the cowboy motif. When a few pr- seasons previously, they did a Gold Ranger who was a cowboy. Yes. They're just really into that combo. They like a Gold Cowboy Ranger? Yes. Let's talk about Dr. Kendall Morgan. Fine. <laughs> Dr. Kendall Morgan is a Ravenclaw. Ha! I did it first. Yes. She is. 
She is the mentor. She's team mentor. Uh, she is the team mom, even though the actress was one of the younger characters. <laughs> oh. And so that makes her age really weird because you don't know if she's like in her early 30s or if she's just a very go-getter early 20-year-old who managed to become a museum curator. Yeah, see, like when they had Doc like when they had Dr. K be the team mentor brain, who's also clearly the youngest, she was supposed to be the youngest. It was kind of the point. And now it's like, yeah, but we but we can't cast an older woman those don't exist even though they have had a mom ranger before yeah literally a literal mother to the point that like the characters like japanese character what was like no was that am i getting muddled no you're getting you're getting uh you're getting udana mixed up with the mystic mother with the mystic mother which is a different character than the white ranger who was mother to the red ranger ah Oh, that's and cute. in the Sentai Mother to all the Rangers. Yeah. Aww. Yeah, that's getting off track. How, how does it keep coming back to Mystic Force? I don't know. <laughs> we'll have to come back and I we guess can talk we'll about have to it. do Mystic Force. Ken- Kendall's a Ravenclaw. She has a doctorate at the age of twenty-two. I guess um, she invents almost all of the Ranger tech. Uh, most of it just for fun. To be fair to her, having a doctorate at the age of twenty-two, Tommy Oliver. Kendall got her doctorate faster than Tommy. Yes, but Tommy had never expressed any interest in science. He'd previously been interested in karate and race cars when he graduated from high school. And then in the course of six years, he's become a doctor of paleontology while also occasionally going to the moon. Listen, don't worry about it. <laughs> Power Rangers! That has big Matt from Digimon as an astronaut now. <laughs> 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 I mean, he was on a Power Ranger spaceship. Like, it's not like he, oh, okay. it was his job to go to the moon. He sure. he did it as a Power Ranger. And also, it, it's okay, because the moon in Power Rangers has an atmosphere and oxygen. <laughs> Speaking of spaceships... <laughs> Kendall is the Purple Ranger. Uh, she gets it when she stows away to sneak onto the big bad spaceship mm. to get someone else's Energem. Or no, she has to rescue that Energem. And she stows away onto the spaceship to get it back, and then it bonds with her when she saves uh, the other mentor keeper, uh, and she's able to morph, and she has the power of the plesiosaur, and the plesiosaur zord is also a rocket ship. Whoa. Sure. And then she only gets to pilot it, like, twice, and all the other times is Tyler, even though they used original footage of the cockpits, so they easily could have had Kendall joining the team in the cockpit all the time, but no, she had to stay in mission control. Yikes. Yeah... Because even when Power Rangers is better, it has to be worse. Yeah. <laughs> purple, Purple's a cool yeah. color. Is she actually referred to as Purple Ranger in the show? Yeah, she is the Purple Ranger. In the Sentai, they're the Violet Ranger. Yeah. But like in sure. the Power Rangers, she's Purple so Ranger. Like, they previously had one or two Purple Rangers and Power Rangers, but they were never called a Purple Ranger. But the first time it happened, they were the Wolf Ranger. Not even mm-hmm. yeah. like the again the Sentai counterpart was the Violet, mm. but not even allowed to be Violet in the, in English. Got no, just Wolf. It's like yeah, but he's bright purple. Can we just say he's purple Wolf. <laughs> I don't. I don't think I'd ever uh, encountered or realized that there were purple rangers. It's very uncommon. Mm. It's neat. Yeah, it's more common in the Sentai than in Power Rangers. Sure. But even then, not particularly common. Apart well, apart from nowadays where they like just started having like 12 rangers per series are there any colors that haven't been power rangers is there an orange ranger there's an yes. unofficial orange ranger in one series is there an actual okay, orange that, ranger yeah now? that's the thing there's there there are no official orange power rangers but there are like five official sentai orange rangers huh mm. 
but they're all from shows that have been skipped over. <laughs> <laughs> there is also there are occasional like rangers who aren't given a color designation who have prominent orange on their suit. Sure. For instance, one who is called the Cat Ranger, despite being the Swan Ranger in Japanese. <sighs> Swans and cats. And, are the same and in thing. Japan, she's considered a White Ranger. Yeah, I know she's also sometimes considered orange though, because she's got a lot of orange. Anyway, sorry to derail. That was my fault that time. <laughs> That's fine. Shall we talk about Heckle? Let's talk about Heckle. Heckle is the last of the title characters, yeah. and he is actually the one of the main villains for the second half of the series. Yeah. Okay. He's the only face villain in the show. Everyone else is a suit. Yeah, that is interesting as well, actually, to be fair. Pretty much every single series of Power Rangers has like a human-faced villain who is female. Mm. Largely because they have them in the Sentai as well, and it it make, means they can use more footage by having someone from a dis appear to be that character from a distance. Sure, there, which is why they often also tend to be Asian women. But yeah, having it be just a male character, and are they like is Heckle basically a unique character? Like I know obviously there are counterparts in a way, but do they have quite the same thing in Sentai? So uh, Heckle's Sentai transition is weird because he's like the human form of a character from a movie that technically that character was just an upgraded version of a villain from uh, the Dino Thunder equivalent. But he's also has stylistic elements of one of the villains from Go Busters, which was later adapted into Beast Morphers like five years later. Yeah. So, but Heckle is fairly original. Yeah. Heckle's whole thing is that he is forced to share a body with Snide. Heckle who is Snide. like this nasty arbored. Get it? Yep. Oh my God. Get it? Get it? Yeah. Did you get it though? Uh, yeah. It's a reference. So Heckle is much more cerebral, baddie, and Snide is just like, I'm going to cut things kind of yeah. baddie. Um, eventually it's revealed that, uh, Heckle became the way he was because he touched the dark energem, which is the dark equivalent that was forged to counteract the good of the normal energems. And when you, when a person touches the dark energem, you are split into a good half and an evil half sharing the same body. And then if you stay that way for too long, then your good half also becomes evil. And your evil half, one, looks like a plastic suit monster, and two, can talk to you through a pocket watch? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Eventually they get split. Of course. And Heckle... So here's the thing. So Heckle was like kind of brainwashed, but when he eventually becomes a good guy again, but it's not like, oh, we got rid of the brainwashing on you. It's just him remembering that he used to be good and striving to become that kind of person again. Heckle's character introduction is fascinating. So like the, all the villains of the show are like captured monsters on a prison ship and they're being sent out to fight. And, and like in the mid-series finale, we just see like... Is it in the mid-series finale we see like the like the one cage where we can't see what's inside it just rattling and it's like this is the most terrifying monster I've captured or whatever. Yes. Yeah. And then like at the beginning of the second half of the season series, it's let out and it's just what appears to be a normal human man. Ooh. Which is such a twist. And he's wearing like a suit as well. Yes. And like he they they do something with this that like, they've never really done quite the same way. They've done a little bit. But he infiltrates the, the team as a friend. Ooh. And, like, gets a job at the cafe as well. So he can spy on them. Which, they've done touches of that before, but never quite the same. I'm into mm -hmm. it. Yeah. No, it was... Yeah, obviously they do the reveal where, What? You are bad guy? Yeah. He also has a secret tentacle. <laughs> <laughs> he only brings it out for special occasions. Uh... Yeah, but this is a family show, so we don't talk about his secret tentacle. <laughs> That's a quote from the show. <laughs> I know, I'm kidding. Uh... It's a penis. 
Um, the other interesting thing I about know, Heckle... I need clarification. <laughs> is it actually? No, it's not. Okay. <laughs> I don't think Paradis would even vaguely hint at it being a penis. Well, I... So much weird shit has been told to me about this show. No one in Power just has genitalia. They're like Bobby and Ken. Didn't, like, Rita Repulsa have big cone boobs? Yeah, that's not genitalia. <laughs> that's different. I guess. And, I mean, the fact that she also had a child isn't relevant. Mm. No genitalia, it's bad. Uh-huh. Thrax was brought by a stalk. <laughs> 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 A big, terrifying moon stalk. So the other fun thing about Heckle is that he was a major car- character in one of the arcs in the comic series made by Boom. Yeah! Like, what is this? The, the Dark Energy Gem... Was it ever actually a character? Like, there's a, there is a ranger version. Okay, so, so what happens is that the Heckle in the comics is, like, set after the conclusion of Dino Charge. Yeah. Where he goes back to the past to prevent himself from getting infected with the Dark Energy Gem. And so instead... Him and his mentor, like, study the Dark Energy Gem to, like, make sure it doesn't fall into the wrong hands. But Heckle is like, I'm going to use this to become a Power Ranger and I can protect it even more. And then he does that and he almost destroys the entire planet. And then his mentor sacrifices himself so that Heckle doesn't do that. But then Heckle is ah. able to become the Talon Ranger. And so then he mm. has the Spinosaur Zord in the comic. Um, and then a yeah. whole bunch of stuff happens and he, like, falls into a dimension out of time with a bunch of other scattered rangers. But the important thing is that he's... A lot of it is that I tried very hard to become, like, a better person and made the wrong choices, and so now I'm trying to atone again. The design of his ranger suit isn't unique to the comic, right? It was at least a thing, like, from concept yes, art or the, something. The ranger suit was an evil ranger from one of the Kyrieger movies. Yeah, that's fascinating. Neat. Yeah, they... I got no readings for a house here, by the way. I'm going to say he's Slytherin. Yeah. Okay. Like, it's hard to say because he, because he's bonded to this. But, well, so you said Snyder's supposed to be the evil side of himself? Yes. So it is still a part of himself that has that aspects to him. Sure. To, in a manner of speaking, at least. Yeah. And, like, the like I said, the infiltrating the, the Power Rangers thing... Is one of the most cunning plans from any villain empowering just oh, whatsoever. Yeah. Pointing out that that's cunning is that that seals the deal for me. Like some characters have done that for a single episode, but yeah. how long does it run, Tana? They actually, in my opinion, they fired that gun way too early because it's only like three episodes, and they could have kept it going for the wow. like eight probably. Yeah, I guess because they're only like twenty episode half series, like they they don't want to. They kind of got to get to the chase a bit. Mm. But they, they didn't have to get to the chase because he well, could have just been there in the background for all those filler episodes. Well, sure. Yeah. But then they had to pay the actor. <laughs> he was already a main character. He was already in the opening titles. They would be paying him anyways. But then the actor has to leave his trailer. <laughs> <laughs> he still has to leave his trailer to show up in the villain lair. Shh! Hey, JD. Yeah? It's time for the lightning bolt round. Oh! Tana, up first is Keeper. Keeper is some weird dinosaur duck bird hatchling alien thing that is the other mentor of the rangers. Uh, Some people like to refer to him as Cosmic Weekend Dad because he may or may not be a ghost. He was trapped in a pyroclastic flow after he caused the extinction of the dinosaurs. And then he just kind of like apparates in the middle of a ranger having a crisis and saying, what if have you considered looking at things from another perspective? Anyways, bye. Yeah. Also, for some reason, he looks like Larigo from the Power Rangers Turbo movie. <laughs> he he looks like tall like, ET. A ghost yeah. that appears and is like, 
think about it from a different angle. It sounds like that's just Mia from Ace Attorney. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but Mia has personality and depth and is interesting, whereas yeah. Keeper is just bullshit mental. Uh, that being said, I would say Keeper is a Gryffindor because if he needs oh. to, he will beat people up. Sure. Cool, cool, cool. Tell me about Sledge. Sledge is the main villain, like, for the f- first half of the series and then back toward the end of the second, like, of the of the end of the actual series. He wants, he's an intergalactic bounty hunter. He's collected many monsters and he wants the Energems because he just wants to sell them for profit. And he's got his girlfriend on his ship as well who wants him to propose and get, so they can get married. And she's very pink and he's, you know, typical Power Rangers villain covered in metal and gruff looking and he's still a Slytherin he wants to be ahead he wants money yeah core yeah. hard cash yep Tana tell us about Poisandra Poisandra is Sledge's heart-shaped fiance um she uh I need to t- tell you right now that she does have like a BDSM zipper over her mouth but the, the important thing is that <laughs> she literally only cares about marrying Sledge to the degree that the only reason she's trying to help him get the energems is because he said I'm not marrying you until I can get my energems and she says well then I'll help you, you big dumb glute. Yep. I'm looking at a at a picture. She is heart shaped. Yeah, I see she, the zipper. Wow. Yep. Yeah. Damn. Also um, super creepy. Well, yeah. <laughs> I did not realize that she was straight up. I did not realize when even when you said that, I didn't realize. Oh, that is just a BDSM mask, huh? Yeah. Wow. Wow. So would she be Slytherin or would she be Hufflepuff? Um, I think she's still Slytherin. She has her yeah. own ambition, and like she is all about achieving that goal to any any ends it's a different kind of goal yeah and it's a relatively yeah. hufflepuff goal but it's still her personal goal it's not and like she doesn't care who gets hurt in the process as long as she gets what she wants that's yeah. true also um in the in the later season when she and sledge return from the alternate timeline to the main timeline uh she ends up like in the christmas episode she starts a jerry springer talk show and i don't think that's a very <laughs> hufflepuff move <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. House hot take. <laughs> House hot take. Jerry Springer is not a Hufflepuff. <sighs> <sighs> JD, tell me about Fury. So Fury is the main henchman character for Sledge. He's the one who got trapped on Earth for 65 million years and mm-hmm. kept failing over and over and over to get a single frigging piece of plastic power dinosaur bullshit. Mm-hmm. For 65 million years. But he did manage to, like, find several would-be rangers and absorb them into himself and do all sorts of annoying stuff. I, but he's... He is loyal to Sledge, mostly, right? Yeah. Um, I'm gonna say Gryffindor, though. I think, like, he ta- he's a take-charge, gung-ho, rush-in. Uh, Peter Pettigrew, kinda. Kinda? Like, I'm gonna do what my boss tells me to do. Yeah. Even if I'm bad at it. Tana, tell us about Wrench. Wrench is a crying robot engineer who works for Sledge. Uh, He's a Ravenclaw because he doesn't actually do that much fighting. He's mainly just like maintenance and stuff. He did build a resurrection machine so that they could reuse the monsters of the week. JD, tell me about Curio. I would, but I don't remember who Curio is, so you're going to have to take this one. Curio is a uh, doll made out of a seat cushion and spare monster parts that Wrench built to distract Poisandra. And so basically he's Poisandra's gay best friend. (laughs) <laughs> no, that vaguely sounds familiar. Hufflepuff, or Curio is a Hufflepuff because yeah. he was just built to distract Poisandra and be her friend. <laughs> just to hang out, sure. JD, tell me about Prince Philip the Third. 
So Prince Philip III is the current Prince of Xander, as we mentioned before. So mm. when Sir Ivan shows up, he wants to try and protect Philip. He like really badly wants to be a Power Ranger, like when he sees what's <laughs> going on. And so he tries to find it. He ends up finding the, is it grey or graphite? Yeah, in the Sentai, it was grey, but they decided grey was too boring for Power Ranger. So it's the graphite Energem. So and he ends up, beco- eventually he does end up becoming the graphite Power Ranger. I forget what his, like... In- instigating moment is that allows him to bond with the energy and morph and such. So, so what happens is he tries a bunch of uh, logical ways to bond with it. So he donates to charity and he donates to the museum and he like opens a food bank and a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, but it's still not working. And so he's about to just give the energy back to the rangers so that they can find someone who is worthy. But then the baddies attack and Chase's little sister gets caught in the crossfire. So Philip like dives across the battlefield to save the sister and that's when the energy bonds with him. And he gains the power of the Pachycephalosaurus. Yeah. It's like, that's a really boring, typical way for him to have bonded with it. Like, oh, he's got to save a person from danger. What would have been a way more interesting one is if he just bonded with it when he tried to give it up. And he's like, when he accepts, no, it's not for me. I surrender my dream here because it's the right thing to do to help others. That Mm. should have been his bonding moment, I think. Mm -hmm. So it is, I'm torn between either Ravenclaw or Hufflepuff. Because on the Hufflepuff side, he learns how to be humble about things. And like, accept that maybe he's not going to be a Power Ranger, but he can still help the Rangers. And on the Ravenclaw thing, part of his attempts to become a Ranger were, like, the logical stuff of donating, but Hmm. also he built himself a robot, a robot sparring partner to learn (sighs) how to fight like a Ranger. I'd say when we first meet him, though, I think he does lean a little bit Slytherin. Like, he's... Because he he, is an asshole at the beginning, because he's, like... (laughs) He finds out that they have the gold energem, which is like supposed to be this legendary stone of Xandar, and he's like, technically that belongs to the royal family, so I'm going to steal yeah. it. Also, you're lucky I didn't sue you for impersonating the royal family. But also, like, he's got this personal goal that he's str- doing everything he can to achieve, and he's like, the logical thinking it through can also be a very Slytherin way of thinking about trying to achieve his goal. Sure. I think I want to land on that and say, like, even when he's giving it back, he's doing it because he's he does make the right choices. But, like, Slytherins don't have to be evil, and they can make the right choice. That's true. Okay, yeah, I, I'm with you for the Slytherin section. I think he's a fun, different take on Slytherin. Tana, tell us about Albert Smith. Albert Smith is from New Zealand, and he's the original Purple Ranger. He found the Energem and bonded with it when he was, like... He's like a nature guide type person, and he helped save a friend's daughter who got stuck on a mountain, and then he found the purple energy and bonded with it. But he's also an old man. Yeah. Uh. And he's also, like, he's not the he's not a typical Power Ranger type at all. He doesn't want to fight. He doesn't want to go out there and do the things that a Power Ranger does. Like, he saved someone because it was the right thing to do. But He fights human crime. He's kind of like a sure. vigilante. But when he finds out about the aliens, and the aliens attack his section of New Zealand... He's like, thank you for showing me bravery and also for showing me that I can't be a ranger. I'm too damn yeah. old. <laughs> he, he's just like, he's he's kind of got like that Spider-Man daredevil, like local hero kind of sure. thing going yeah. on. But yeah. it's like, yeah, but alien invasion and you've got this crazy mega superpower. I'm going to say that Albert's a Hufflepuff for kind of yeah. the same reasons I said that Philip could be a Hufflepuff, but also because Albert doesn't have that same kind of ambition. Yeah. Nice. JD, I'm telling you about James Navarro. I have words about James Navarro. (laughs) That's fine. All I could really tell you about him is that he's Tyler's dad. James Ah. is Tyler's shitty dad. James found the Aqua Energem on a dig and then found out that he was going to be hunted by aliens for it. And so he decided to abandon his family to quote unquote 
protect them. But then even when years later he could have rejoined them because he found out that his kid was a Power Ranger, he decided to hold back anyways because he wasn't sure how Tyler would receive it. And then once Tyler found out that his dad had the power of the Aqua Energem and they're Power Rangers and his dad was 20 years younger and damn, I'm going to have to call you bruh or something. Uh, then his dad is like, Tyler, I abandoned you for 20 years, but you've grown into a good young man, so I'm going to abandon you again to go search for the Silver Energem. <laughs> and Tyler's like, but dad, we just met again! And his dad's like, Tyler, you're fine. Bye! I hate him so much. Yikes. <laughs> he's he's a Gryffindor, but a shitty one. Sure. It's kind of like, the, some of the stuff going on, it's kind of like what they ended up, like what they did with Ryan back in Lightspeed Rescue, which was a unique, the first ever unique to Power Rangers Ranger which meant they didn't have a lot of Sentai footage of him, so he went off on a miss- mission in the desert on his own to go and find something, so they didn't, ha- they could- didn't have to excuse the fact that they weren't using him. Mm. But it's just like, very shortly after he showed up, he just left again. But he was in the Sentai, so they didn't need to do that, in- at least not in the same way. Yeah. <laughs> um, so where are you putting him in the house? A Gryffindor. Okay. Sure. But just to kind of... Yeah, Gryffindors can be shitty too. Yeah. It's not all Slytherins. <laughs> he's, he's, he's specifically a shitty Gryffindor. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, Sirius Black's kind of a shitty Gryffindor, really. Like, Oh, yeah. He's, he, from what you're saying, he's kind of got some serious vibes. And, like, he's an absentee father figure who then isn't a good father figure once he does show up. Because, like, Sirius screws around and James is just like, but what if? No. Yep. Yeah. Bye. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. I don't even know who Kaylee is, so you can give me Xenowing or... I'll t- okay, let me tell you about Xenowing. Xenowing yeah. is a large bird. He's a large imposing bird man who was an apprentice of Keeper who found the Silver Energem, but then he was found by Lord Arcanon, who is a villain in the second half who was so inconsequential that I didn't even put him on his list. But Xenowing <laughs> got poked by the Dark Energem and he got turned into Xenowing and Doomwing. And so he, the Silver Ranger was evil for a bit because Doomwing took over the Silver Ranger powers and he tried to trick the Rangers, but that didn't work. And then they invented a device that split Doomwing and Xenowing into separate people and then Xenowing became the friend of the Rangers and he's a big bird man. Uh, they did the they did the split personality evil thing twice in the same season. Yes, in the Jeez. Sentai he used to in the Sentai the counterpart used to be a villain and then he joined the side of good and then they like resurrected his evil side from hell because <laughs> hell is a place in the Sentai. But of they course. didn't do that in Power Rangers. I wish Power Rangers had just been like ah oh, yeah that's just my bi- that's just my twin that's just my brother like we're just brothers. And, like, Xenowig could have just hung out and been like, yeah, I mean, I'd help, but I don't have an Energem. Oh, we beat my brother. Now I can have his Energem. Yeah, but now he, now he's the Silver Ranger. He has the power of the Titanosaurus. Titanosaurus. Yep. Means big. Yeah. No, it's, I, it's a I, big, I, big lizard. I realize this. Xenowing's a Ravenclaw because he's a large blue bird. I was going to say, <laughs> um, bird, bird person sounds Ravenclaw to me. <laughs> Right. I have literally no... Like, every other character on this list, I've at least got a vague idea of who they are. I have no idea who Kaylee is, Tana. Okay, Kaylee is Chase's girlfriend that, when she's first introduced, she's dumping Chase because he can't pay attention to her, and she has a crush on the Black Ranger, who is Chase. Right! And so Chase dates her as a Black Ranger and learns more about her and then breaks up with her because it's not you, it's my enemies. And then, with the information he got as a Black Ranger, he's a better boyfriend to her as Chase. Um, And then she almost dumps him again. Because she thinks he's cheating on her, but it's just a monster that switched bodies with a human girl to try and seduce Chase. <laughs> and the important thing about Kaylee is that everybody wanted Kaylee to become the Aqua Ranger. Because in the Sentai, the 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 light blue ranger ends up giving up his mantle to uh, like a girl okay, so the Sent uh, Aqua Aqua or Cyan Ranger in Sentai is fun because first off it's an American man. Second off he's a ghost. <laughs> 
And then he gives the power of the blue energem to, like, the sister of the blue ranger. Right. But, yeah, so everyone was hoping something similar to that would happen, where James would, like... Is that why, I, is that why they then just, like, write him out in Power Rangers? Because he'd given it to a female counterpart, and they didn't want to use the female Cyan Ranger footage. Well, uh, the female Cyan Ranger footage is only from, like, the last three episodes, I think. Sure, but even then... Yeah, like, but that's, that's the thing. So everyone was hoping that near the end, James would be like, Tyler, I'm going to give up the Energem so I can be a father to you. And then Kaylee would pick it up. But that never happens. And James is just the bad dad ranger the whole time. And Kaylee, <laughs> I mean, at least she gets to show up in the finale to hold a mirror up to the sun. <laughs> yeah, Kaylee's actually a good character. Like, if, we, if yeah. we can't have Riley and Chase getting together, then Chase is allowed to date Kaylee because they're good together. I was going to say, like, this is the kind of thing where the fandom would have turned against her because they're like, but what about Chase and Riley? Oh, like, oh, don't oh. get me wrong. There are some, I was looking at some fanfic the other day, and there are some fanfics where it turns out she was secretly an evil villain in disguise. Oh, uh, sure, of course. Mm. But for the most part, I think the Dino Charge fandom likes her. Um, Kaylee is a Ravenclaw because she wants to be an astronaut. Okay. Nice. And that's Power Rangers Dino Charge Sorted. Dino Sorted. Engage! Hogwarts extinct. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they say when they beat a monster. Ah. Uh. <laughs> uh, if only. <laughs> Speaking of, like, Hogwarts needing to go away because it's bad, Tana, we would like to invite you, please, to sort it out. Okay, so, you know Remus Lupin? I've heard of him. Mm-hmm. You know how he's a metaphor for gay people? Uh-huh. Among other things, but yeah, of course. So, yeah, Remus Lupin is, uh, has explicitly been stated by J.K. Rowling mm-hmm. to be a metaphor for gay people and also for AIDS. And the original idea would be that he would be a representative of uh, this situation where gay people and AIDS were completely conflated in the 80s. And then him yeah. getting fired from Hogwarts because, oh, he's a werewolf, is the uh, yeah. equivalent of teachers being or people losing their jobs because they're gay and they have AIDS. And God, if a gay pe- person looks at you too hard, you're going to get AIDS from them. Um, yeah. But that all falls apart because he's, like, the only sympathetic werewolf, and also his werewolf side isn't even sympathetic because it does try to kill people. And then he was made a werewolf because of Fenrir Greyback, who goes out of his way to spread werewolfism to other Mm. people, which is, like, again, bringing up concerning thoughts about AIDS and how the gay people are just, oh, those gays, they don't care who gets infected with their AIDS, Mm -hmm. they're just going to try and spread it to everyone. And if you catch it, you will become gay and get AIDS and die. Yeah. When AIDS first popped up, in real life, it was called gay-related infectious disease. Jeez. Did not know that. Yikes. You just get it from being too gay. Like, like the metaphor kind of worked for the one book in which it was introduced until it got expanded on and we learned that, like, yeah, we learned anything about Fenrir Greyback and the werewolf culture at large in the rest of the Wizarding World that doesn't fall in line with that at all and is deeply problematic in in light of that metaphor. Yeah, like... It, at best, it's just poorly thought out, like almost everything in Harry Potter. And at worst, it's going out of its way to reinforce... It goes out of its way to reinforce stereotypes about like, literally predatory gay people. And yeah. then yeah. Remus Lupin becomes like, oh, but you're one of the good ones. In light of more recent events, are we surprised? Well, no. Surprised, no. <laughs> Disappointed, obviously. <sighs> like, as far as being poorly thought out, though, it also plays into fact, like... In the first two books, there are mentions to werewolves here and there that don't correlate whatsoever with how werewolves are then portrayed from book three onwards. Yeah. Where they're mentioned as being wild, feral beasts that live in the Forbidden Forest. And there's like a a line about um, Tom Riddle spreading rumours that Hagrid was keeping them as pets under his bed, which 
that's not a thing. And everyone would know that that's not a thing. Yeah, like, be consistent, please. Yeah, like, even without what comes later as far as the metaphor is concerned, it's problematic that you're trying to put that as a metaphor when, in the first two books, you treated them as animals. So now you're saying, oh, cool, so gay people and people with AIDS are just animals. Mm. Yeah. And that's there from the get-go. Don't get me wrong, I would love personally to be a gay werewolf, but not in Harry Potter. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Most people consider Remus Lupin to be a gay werewolf. Yes. (laughs) How would you fix it, Tana? Um, so, so first, first off, I would have the werewolf side not be a wild animal. I would have okay. it just basically act like a normal wolf. Or like it's obviously it's going to be mean if you're mean to it, but for the most yeah. part, it's just like fluffy. Um, and maybe kind of got some hunter instincts and it wants to eat. Yeah, which yeah. also would make more sense when you get to, like, the marauder situation where it's like, oh, we all became animagi so we could hang out with Remus in his wolf form. And you're, yeah. Like, yeah, I was reading that even as a child. I was like, how would Remus not simply eat Peter? <laughs> right? Or James. Like, yes, for yeah. that matter. Like, I get it. He's a stag. He's got the horns and all. But he's still, you know. A prey animal. A prey animal. <laughs> <laughs> well, you see, there was this dog there. Uh. And the dog said, no, don't do that. Make Remus's half just a more chill werewolf. And then, like, if you still want it to be a gay metaphor, don't make werewolf, don't make lycanthropy an infectious disease. Make it yeah. an inherited trait. Mm. Okay. Some people are just born werewolves. Sometimes the wizard DNA goes boop, boop, boop in the, in the right way, and you become a wolf on the full moon. Sure. Yeah, the same way that, like, wizards can be born to muggle parents. Yeah, or, like, there's the metamorph magi thing. Yeah, like, exactly. there, there is traits. plenty of other stuff, like, in... That is hereditary. Yeah, in the world that and, would work that same way. Yeah. And then just completely knock Fenrir Greyback out of the book whatsoever. Don't yeah. even yeah. have him there. We don't need him. And then you can even, when he's got the potion that, like, is to stave off his uh, werewolf bits, you can even have that be a metaphor for conversion therapy and how some gay people do try and do that to fit in because of fears of society. And then, I don't know, I don't know who would, in this alternate universe, this alternate Harry Potter universe, who's the young gay, it's probably Seamus. And Seamus is like... Lavender Brown. Lavender Brown is like, Professor Lupin, you could be an icon, you shouldn't have to hide who you are. And Lupin's like, that's right, I'm a gay werewolf, and I'm proud. Um, and then the Dark Ark position is just kept by him for the rest of the series. <laughs> yes! I mean, there's that. You can also just accept the fact that, like, well, one, it's like it's set in, I guess, the 90s. People you've got in positions of power are people like Lucius Malfoy. And you can just have it be, yeah, Lucius Malfoy is just a shitty homophobic person, and he's got too much sway in the world. But then like, you, can have, you can have Dumbledore be like, but I'm the principal... So, actually, no, more gay teachers. <laughs> also, I'm gay. <laughs> yeah. I was more thinking, if you like, assuming you want to keep it going with the, like, cursed dark arts position or whatever, just have, like... Oh, yeah, because that, that is sort of a, a running thing. Yeah, that's true. Maybe Lupin takes over as guidance counselor. Just have it be that the PTA of this school has too much power. The characters we're supposed to like are opposed to it anyway. Yeah, yeah, that's like, true. That part, I think, is less of an issue. And, like, we're, we're against Lucius Malfoy and Snape there because Snape is a shitty person. Yeah. Another way I was thinking, though, is that, like, you could keep it so that you could have it just be, like, the rumours about creatures under the bed are a different thing. F- Fenrir Greyback, it's, like, the position he takes later in the story is still useful to an extent, but have it just be a different thing. Like, yeah. don't have him be a werewolf. Have him be a vampire. Yes. Yes. Or something else. And like I get that you want to have sorry, you want to have Remus going underground to try and infiltrate them, but eh. 
Or, yet again, have it be that, okay, you've got Fenrir Greyback, who is shitty and is trying to spread this around because he's a horrible person. But have it just be that, like, he is just the one. He's the only one that's like that. He is a horrible person, mm. but no, he's the only I would one. Say, I would say even cut that out, because I think Fair having enough. lycanthropy be a disease in this metaphor is what starts to make it fall apart. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I would have said I would have said at that point but to include like more werewolf characters elsewhere, but sure. Yeah. The author could have just spoken to a single gay person or a single person who has lived with AIDS to be like, "Hey, what do you think about this?" And they'd be like, "What the fuck is wrong with you?" <laughs> yeah. Cool. Well, those are some ways that we could sort it out. Yeah. And then also give Lupin a Morpha. <laughs> Make him be a Power Ranger too. Sure. Fine. Just to bring that back. And then let him kiss Sirius Black. Also, he married Tonks, who's supposed to be, like, a gender non-conforming butch lesbian. So... <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, but you see, the reason for that is because people were shipping Remus with a man, so gotta pair them up as quickly as possible to stop... Qu- to nip that in the bud. Yeah. Maybe don't pair him up with a character who's closer in age to his best friend's son... Yeah. Than his own age. Like, I love Tonks. Yeah. And I love Lupin. Yeah. Not a great combo. No. No. Especially as it came completely out of fucking nowhere. Mm. And like, the the seeds of the reveal were planted throughout Half-Blood Prince, sure. But we never see, like, the first time we see them show, like, showing any kind of bond is when they're announcing they're engaged. Yeah. What was secret? Hmm. As I'm going to quote a Vox article, uh, the author uh, put, the author took the two queerest characters in the series, de-gayed them, stuck them together in a child-producing heteronorm of union, and then killed them. Well, yep. Yeah, but here's the thing, though. Like, well, like, they've got to have a baby so that, that baby can be orphaned and it can be, like, a parallel to Harry so that Harry can take care of the baby. And Oh, isn't that nice? No, orphans, no. That's, that's not nice. <laughs> I know. Harry's a teenager. Don't give him a baby. Why? <laughs> the baby had a grandmother, too. Uh, it's fine. It's not fine. It's not fine. Ah. <sighs> None of this is fine. Everything's fine. It's medium. <laughs> it's medium. <sighs> uh, well. Yeah. Tana, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. I really like the show and I like being on the show. And I tell all my friends that, hey, d- it's not a Harry Potter podcast. It's, it's not, not a Harry Potter podcast. It's almost an anti-Harry Potter podcast at this, at this point. point. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I added that bit to the intro. Yeah. Um, we like having you. Yeah. Tana, for people who want to hear more of you, where can they find you? So, you can find me on, first off, Pokemon Adventures of the Millennium, which is an actual play mm. podcast that's a tabletop RPG Pokemon roleplay that I am the GM of. Um, it is a cussing podcast, so if your <laughs> kids are like, hey, let's listen to a Pokemon podcast, you have to say, okay, not this one, though, because they say fuck. We also say fuck. I mean, we, we do also say fuck, so... It's if true. your fucking kids are listening to this fucking podcast, then they can listen to that fucking podcast. <laughs> Let your kids say fuck. Um, that can be found on Twitter at PKMN underscore Millennium. I also have two podcasts that are part of the Corner Podcast Network of podcasts. Um, I've got Not If I Boot You First, which is a podcast for me and my friend Lindsay, who's also in the Pokemon one. We take things that uh, we want to reboot before Hollywood has the chance to, and we see what it would be like if they were rebooted or adapted or sequelized or spun off and stuff like that. Hopefully our listeners remember that one, because Alex and I have both been on it before. Yes, separately, and maybe in the future togetherly. Maybe. Maybe. Mm. Uh, You can find that on Twitter at N-I-I-R-Y-F-Pod. Those are the letters for Not If I Reboot You First, and they're pronounced Nerif. 
And then last but not least, at the moment, I have Loser Like Me, which is a podcast about Glee. It's me and my friend Christina, and we watch every episode of Glee, and then we talk about them. It's a trip. So if you want to listen to Glee with half the cringe and twice the length of time, then you can find us at Loser Like Me Pod on Twitter. We're, depending on when this, this very podcast comes out, we're either about to finish season one or we just finished season one. All right. Okay. Uh, Oh, what about yourself, though? Oh, me, the normal human being, can be found on Twitter at SparkyUpstart. <laughs> All right. In the meantime, everybody else, thank you for listening to Sorted. Uh, thank you to the Pocket Podcast Network for hosting us. You can find other cool shows on the network, such as... No Dice. Green Mountain Mysteries. And Them's the Facts. Thank you to Matt Majakimo of the Wampum Willows for the theme song, the House of Awesome theme song. And if you agree or disagree with any of our sorting, you can find us on Twitter at SortedPod. You can also find us both individually. I'm at CodenameJD. And I'm at Pachu, P-T-C-H-E-W. And while you're there, tweet at us your favourite dinosaur. Yeah. Did we say that last time we did Power Rangers? Maybe. Tweet at us your favourite dinosaur anyway, because nobody did it last time. Or your favourite colour? Or your favourite gay. Did we do... Did we... Or your favourite gay. <laughs> But not a real one. Not a real person. We don't sort real people. <laughs> but not a real gay. That's cruel. <laughs> <laughs> Only fictional gays. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> Start a new house and it's called awesome. Start a new house. It's called awesome. Start a new house and it's called awesome. Pocket Podcast Network. Quality programming right to your pocket.